0: Welcome to the official podcast of 4 we have the power I'm your host AJ aka voodoo magic aka Zor and today we have a special guest joining us because this day today we will be commemorating a film and it's not just any ordinary movie but one that is near and dear to so many Motu fans hearts. So it's time to get our popcorn ready because we'll be talking the 1987 fantasy adventure film Masters of the Universe, a movie that was released 35 years ago this week. And who better to co-host and celebrate this film's 35th anniversary than this wonderful person sitting with me who portrayed the character Pig Boy in the film, the evil servant to Lord Skeletor himself, no one other than Richard Sponder. Rich, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome.
1: Hey, AJ. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, uh, Rich and I were just talking off camera, and I was saying that he was he's really making me look like a Motu nerd here. <laughs> because I have so much Motu stuff, and Rich looks so grown up.
1: what you don't see on this wall is my uh my wonder woman painting and my disney villains stuff which is on this side of the wall so this is my my camera side for my work meetings but i've got all the good stuff on uh on that side so
0: (laughs) so you're into those disney villains um did that start recently with those disney movies or did that happen before that
1: Oh, I've 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 always loved the the Disney villains, yeah. It, for for a long time, I've got uh, my whole arm from here up is uh, Maleficent and her dragon. So, ah, uh,
0: so you must love those two movies, um, with yeah? The show, I yeah,
1: I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, the story took a turn from the traditional, but it was fun yeah. to watch. So.
0: And I like that, uh, the 101 Dalmatian one. I can't remember what that was. I didn't watch that one. Oh, you haven't watched that one? no. Um, no. Well, Rich, uh, let's say this is making me feel old. Because- <laughs> I was
1: thinking that. As you were saying, about to say 35 years, I was like, oh, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, Masters of the Universe uh, was released on August 7th, uh, 1987. I believe there was a premiere a few days before that. Um, but I went to see it as a kid in the theater. I know you went to see it and played a role in it as a kid. Yeah. Can, can you believe it's been 35 years since the, uh, the film's debut?
1: No, I still remember going to the, the theater to see it. Um, and, uh, standing outside the theater and, and seeing the poster and, uh, the, um, the people at, uh, Mattel actually rented out a theater, uh, for, uh, for, for me and my friends and my family. So we had the whole theater to ourselves to see it. And, um, yeah, I still remember, still remember that.
0: Where have the days gone? Luckily we haven't aged a day. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> Not a bit. But I tell you what. Before we get into all of that, um, did you happen to watch the 2021 Netflix series "Masters of the Universe: Revelation" and see a certain character make an appearance?
1: <laughs> I did. I did. It was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And I just, I just recently got the uh, book of artwork from that, uh, from that series, and a certain character also shows up. Uh, you know, in the uh, in the artwork in the book as well.
0: Yeah, I think cool. I think for our YouTube viewers. Let me see here. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta awesome. love them. Yeah, you know, we're- the uh,
1: the day that the preview was released for for that, you know, a few weeks or so before the the series uh, debuted on Netflix, I was just working one day and like my phone started
0: blowing up
1: out of, out of nowhere, you know, text messages and, uh, messages online. And I was like, what is going on? And, and it's amazing. You know, people have a really good eye because in the preview, it was like just this like flash, but I was getting all these, you know, screenshots and zoom zoomed in. And, uh, it was pretty amazing to, uh, to see that.
0: Yeah. We just actually, um, I had the wonderful I had a wonderful conversation with the writer of those episodes. Um, he's such a great guy. His name is Tim Sheridan. Um, in the previous episode, and he actually said it was the idea of um, uh, Ted Biaselli,
1: you know, mm-hmm. the executive
0: producer on the show, and uh, it was his idea to put Pig Boy in. And um, I just loved it. It was such an awesome idea of his. Yeah. And um, and everyone don't crucify me or rich if we get anything wrong in this podcast um but i believe that was the first time big boy has ever appeared in another medium other than the 1987 film i believe so
1: i can't i can't think of another time yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty neat ted actually reached out to me that day as well. And he said, Hey, did you happen to see anything online today? And uh, he told me a little, little story about, uh, you know, some of their creative meetings and, and uh, how he proposed that idea. It's amazing to oh. me that this many years later, right, that that still is uh, a moment that that people remember, it's just, it's cool to be a, a part of that.
0: Yeah, I would imagine, right, if this was me who won that contest as a child back in 1986 to appear in the 1987 uh, Masters of the Universe film and became immortalized um, as this evil servant pig boy. I feel this almost strange but unique ownership over the character, like a stewardship. Um regardless if i didn't legally own the property so you i mean did you just feel like proud to see that in revelation i mean yeah yeah
1: you know that was that was really cool it, it uh i mean it felt like a gift honestly like i know it wasn't but it 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 felt like a gift to me and and it felt like a gift to a lot of people because uh i mean it's just it's been cool there have been there have been uh um online petitions over the years to like get a, a character made a toy made right there you go and sign a petition people have sent me stuff and it's uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool how the uh the, the character just you know resonates as one of those um you know fun little moments and it's cool they did a lot of really cool stuff in that series like if you know your stuff right you you catch things and there's other uh there's other like nods to the movie as well you know certain lines that uh some of the characters say and and you know there there's some other nods to the movie that are that are in there and it's just really cool
0: yeah the ones i could remember is um this will be our final battle yeah you know? yeah uh-huh. um, um we see the those flying discs that he-man rides yeah Um, A really deep, deep Easter egg is um, when Tila, I think it's episode two, is wearing this mask and searching for this, this object called the glove of God, the glove of Gobula. um, That she's using a scanner that is the exact replica of the scanner that man in arms used. um, I think when he detected that cow, (laughs) that alien (laughs) life form cow. And it was an exact, exact, uh, replica of that. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. You know, how many people figure that one out? Like 15, I mean, huge yeah. fans, you know, but I mean, right. it's easy to miss, but they deep dive so far in the lore of so much of the MoTU lore. Um, yeah, yeah it was really a wonderful series. And it's really cool to hear that, um, Teddy Biaselli uh, reach out to you because he's such a sweet guy. It's awesome. Yeah. And, um, I've, um, I've reached out to him before with fan questions and here's this executive producer at Netflix. I mean, uh, top brass and he he's taken the time to answer my dumb, you know, uh, <laughs> masters of the universe questions and, and so down to earth. And, uh, so it's just awesome to hear he reached out to you. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've been connected online for, for a number of years and, uh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. And and just really, you know, passionate about the the brand, right? And, a, and yeah. a true fan too. And I think like what a dream to to you know that your job actually allows you to work on you know a uh, 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 brand that you're so you know passionate about yourself. I mean, man, we should all be so lucky to get paid to do, to do that kind of fun work.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. But that must have been his his holy grail. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And uh, I'm so glad it worked out for him. I'm so glad he got a second season, you That's know, Masters cool. of the Universe uh, Revolution. They're so close together. I'm always like, yeah, you know, yeah. swapping names. But um, yeah. hey, but so back to your contest, back to Pig Boy. Um, you have to think, right? This contest was advertised on television. Right. And, and how many con- contest entries? were there you know thousands tens of thousands maybe a hundred thousand entries submitted and just think of those odds um because i entered tons of contests as a kid (laughs) i remember and to either win things or appear on a set or go to a film's premiere and even as an adult i play those lottery uh scratch offs from time to time and the most i've won is fifty dollars but you rich, you lucky <laughs> duck! You did it! You won it! One entry. Do you ever sit back and marvel over that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is uh, that's that's amazing, you know. But uh, I, I've I've I haven't won a thing since. So you know, I got mine really early. Uh, so that was it, you know, one and done. But no, it is. It's uh, it's amazing. I remember, you know, being allowed to send in one form i remember going to toys r us and getting the getting the form um and uh, my mom was like yeah you can have you know one stamp to to mail one in i think i had like five of them or something and i wanted to mail them all and she let me mail one um and yeah so I, i i i never heard about how many they did receive but i can only imagine so it's pretty amazing
0: yeah i mean i don't know i i i i'm still waiting for my turn to win something (laughs) it's coming coming, but um and you know what you know why you were lucky twice because um you were lucky that this contest winner role occurred so late in production Mm-hmm. when all they had left of shoot was on the set of Castle Grayskull because otherwise you might have been just a unmemorable walk-on-roll, uh, like a customer in Robbie's Restaurant, you remember that, being served yeah. by uh, Courtney Cox, which still right. would have been cool being served right. by Courtney Cox. But instead they create um, Mat- Matashai, mm-hmm. uh a.k.a. Yeah. Pig Boy, and, and the legend is born. Um, so you were just twice as lucky because yeah. what kid would actually get to become a monster, you know, right. with facial appliances and yeah. all of this FX. So,
1: yeah, we didn't know uh, going into it that that's what it was going to be. We assumed, you know, simple walk on or, you know, sitting there. We had no idea until we arrived that it was going to be, as elaborate as it was, that there were costume fittings that we had to go to and, you know, they took this mold of my face and and then, you know, made this elaborate mask and we had no idea that it was a, an actual character uh, going into it. So it was a lot of fun, it was a lot of fun. I, I remember being like a little, as a kid, you know, disappointed, I guess, that my face wasn't gonna be, you know, on, you know, camera or that you wouldn't recognize me, but um i mean now i look back on it and it's like you know perfect there would have been no uh you know no recollection of it you know had
0: that no. happened.
1: so yeah it's no,
0: cool. no one would want a uh, action figure of you if you were right like- Restaurants, you, yeah. you know, the the restaurant. customer number two or something, right. you know, in the background. So, yeah,
1: there'd be no art in art books and then and, uh, appearances on uh, Revelation, nothing. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and did your parents have any? Well, think about that, right? Did your parents have any trepidation because you just talk about um, doing a mold of your face? And if I remember that, that's something where they they make you close your eyes, they and maybe it's not this elaborate, but they put like breathing straws in your nose and your yeah. mouth, and they pour this latex goo on your face and let it harden, yep. right? Yep. Is that what you did?
1: Yeah. And actually, now that you say that, like I can't see myself doing that now, and and uh, I don't remember. Ah, uh, there being any trepidation? Um, I might have to ask my mom later. Was there because there probably should have been.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, if if anything's going to make you feel claustrophobic, anyone. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: yeah. for sure, for sure. But yeah, I'll have to ask my mom. Hey, did you uh, did you ever think that when they put that stuff all over my face, there might be any problems? But, yeah. I do remember when the mask itself came off. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget this as long as I live, like my face burned. Whatever they, used, whatever they used to attach that mask, when that came off, I can remember being, we filmed at night, like late at night, I was really tired. Um, and I can remember being back in our hotel room and my face just being on fire uh from whatever adhesive they used to attach that mask and like being in absolute agony that night and and try and like wash my face in the shower and that was i don't know what that was but i do remember that
0: well that's what i mean i mean i have heard about the horror stories that adults go through and Mm -hmm. to see my child have to go through that um (laughs) I, i don't know i don't know if i could uh well What's done is done. Were you, um, sometimes they allow you to keep the, you know, they create, I guess, what they call a life mask when they do that. Mm-hmm. And it hardens. Um, were you able to keep that at all? So no. sometimes, no, okay. No, I
1: don't, uh, I don't have that. I don't have any pictures of that process either. Interestingly, I've got pictures of the mask going on and all that, but I don't have any pictures of that molding process.
0: And you, um, met practically everybody on set right yeah. all the big names um i've seen a lot of pictures online you know anyone who googles richard sponder pig boy you're gonna see all these great pictures i assume they're all from you right um maybe there was a there was a black and white one that might have been from like a star log magazine uh it was a yeah. it was frank, frank ligella as skeletor looking um at you in a profile shot.
1: Okay, is he kind of like leaning down?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. kind of like leaning in, and it's just your heads.
1: Yeah, he was actually. Um, I was struggling a little bit with. Uh, so, I, I struggled. A bit. I mean, the costume was so heavy. I've, I've got the costume here if you want to see it. I'll I'll uh, I'll show you in a little bit. But I was struggling. So, I mean, I'm I'm eight years old, right? And and I've got this heavy, multi layered costume on and this big, heavy, like, yeah, 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 that one. Um, so at,
0: anyone who's not uh, watching on YouTube where we found the picture and we have. it. That's YouTube. awesome. I, yeah. I love that.
1: I love that picture because he's actually coaching me in that picture. Um, he's given me some advice. I really struggled. We did several takes um, and I was getting it wrong and I was getting frustrated. I, I think I said we were doing this really late at night. I was tired. I can't even describe how heavy that, you know, costume is. I can barely see through that mask. Um, there's a helmet. I, that's the only piece of the costume I don't have is the the helmet. Um, it was like glued to my head. And so, you know, I've got all this. And then I got to carry this, you know, staff that is like twice my height. And I was struggling to keep the staff straight and walk. And I was getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated. And um, so he actually came over and he was like, coaching me, um, and giving me some, uh, some advice on, you know, what to do. And that's a, that's a moment from that. So, um, I, I love that picture. Just, uh, if you don't know that, you know, that's what he's doing there. You, you know, you, you kind of wonder what's going on, but he's actually helping me, which was neat.
0: You know, I would write down every memory you have, because I'd be afraid of losing it all, mm-hmm. you know, every single detail, everything, you know? Yeah
1: yeah i can't remember uh you know what i had for dinner last night but <laughs> so, much, so much from from that is still really so vivid honestly you know and and those pictures they had a they had a photographer you know with us nonstop. and a, a lot of those pictures um you know was, i think i think we'd been back home for about a month and this big box showed up in the mail and it was two gigantic photo albums of just all the pictures they had taken from that entire time on set. And so I recently scanned them all just to digitize them. Um, And I've been sharing them, you know, here and there. Um, But that's definitely one of my favorites.
0: You ever consider doing like a Richard Sponder autobiography? I do. It'd be about eight pages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but most of your fans would buy it, though. Yeah, yeah. The rest
1: of it would be uh, pretty dull, but yeah, about eight pages. So maybe a maybe a, a pamphlet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I can't wait to see the costume. You pull it out whenever you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I, um, I say, um, how about we get into the movie in general? Because we also have to remember it's, it's 35th anniversary. So if, um, so rich let's revisit it all and, um, please keep chiming in with any thoughts and, and, you know, say whatever comes to mind. So, um, I figure we'll just start with the, uh, The production, you know, the production for Masters of the Universe was um, a four and a half month shoot, and you must have came in, I guess, on that last month, probably, maybe not even.
1: Yeah, I remember. um, It it was November. It was November of '86, um, and I know our trip had been delayed a couple times, so we had been planned to go out earlier, and then we got one delay, and I think there was a second delay so we ended up going out quite a bit later than uh than was originally planned
0: you know i wonder if they had a different spot for you at that time you know, i believe uh,
1: they did i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they did um i went to uh PowerCon 10 years ago and did a a panel um with uh gary goddard was on the panel and, um, he talked about, he talked about some of the delays and, and, uh, I believe they did have a, just more of more of the traditional kind of walk on sitting in a restaurant kind of thing planned at the beginning.
0: But it was a crazy production. You know, I, I remember, um, reading at the time that the production held the record for the most sequential night shoots in a row somewhere in. Uh-huh in the high fifties, like 57 or 58. I mean, more than any movie in history. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think it held the record for a long time until I I don't remember the movie. It was some Martin Scorsese film that finally took it over. But, um, and I heard, you know, you were talking about being tired. Um, (laughs) everyone was tired, you know, Dolph, (laughs) Frank, everything I think it was just wearing on them because that's just so hard on the body for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um, okay. So, um, in that production, what else did they do? They scouted, um, Eternia locations in Iceland. Uh, but they ultimately filmed the Eternia outdoor scenes in Vasquez rocks of California to save money. And, uh, Man, they filmed so much in the Vasquez uh, Rocks. I think they filmed uh, The Flintstones there, uh, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, um, both movies in television. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. It, it was um, where in California? I don't know. But I, I think that was obviously an effort to save money, something that was um, <laughs> that spread across the entire film. You know, I think uh, Gary Goddard even. Um, uh flipped some of the same Vasquez rock shots in the movie that they filmed i don't know if you noticed that no Uh, No. if you if you watch the film i think there's a shot where it's actually just swapped over and reinserted back into the edit so it looks like it's a different part of Eternia but uh Based on where everyone was and standing, it's just <laughs> it's just the same image. But you know, you're never going to catch on to it unless you see it over, see, and, over creative, and over. again that's creative, right? I mean, that's that's innovation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there are some cost saving methods there.
1: Absolutely.
0: But um, you know, and the the Castle Grey Skull Throne Room set uh, that you were on, Rich. Yeah. Um, was built within two large sound stages that were not they knocked down a wall i believe so they can extend it in between the two yeah so what were your thoughts of being on that set i mean the, i mean one sound stage is big enough but i'm, I'm just trying to imagine them am knocking down that wall and now you're two of them and it's just yeah a huge set
1: yeah you know, I remember being overwhelmed at the, at the sheer size of it. I mean, it is, it is as massive as it looks. Um, and uh, so I remember that being my first reaction. And then my second reaction was, this doesn't look like Castle Gray Skull, you know? And,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, and, and that was, you know, a lot of my reaction when I, that doesn't look like He-Man, that doesn't look like, you know, but uh
0: yeah. Where's Prince, where's Prince Adam?
1: Right. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I was expecting, I think more of like the traditional, you know, filmation look, right. That's what I knew or the toys. And, and I didn't realize, you know, I, I remember being a little disappointed that it was, you know, kind of a new interpretation, right. A, a different, yeah. a different look. Um, but still, you know, overwhelmed. I mean, that, that, that set is as elaborate and and gorgeous as it looks, I mean, it's it was massive, and all of those, uh, you know, on the on the sides, kind of the, the pits with the stairs and everything going down there, um, that's somehow, you know, early CGI or whatever they whatever they did back then, um, you I know, I think
0: those yeah. were matte paintings. I think. I
1: okay. Think so. Yeah, I don't know what they did back then, but um, yeah, I, I remember uh, those were just. I mean, those were kind of like just open you know open spaces and uh, I remember seeing it on the in the film for the first time thinking like oh how did they do that those were just those pits there um but yeah it was a really cool it was a really cool set but like off to the right um I remember just going right behind uh some of those big tall statues and that's where all the food was um it's like <laughs> it's chains of food so you just go back there and get a snack but um yeah pretty amazing set
0: well the map painting technology was really wild and i just love i just love what they would do before computers and yeah. uh, what they would do is actually paint say you um you're trying to change a horizon of trees into a space horizon okay uh everyone is filmed on the ground level underneath the horizon line. And then a painter paints a horizon like on a piece of glass. Oh man. Of space. And then they put the camera behind the glass. Okay. And they film in real time the people doing walking around doing their acting. Yeah. Through the glass, and the space is covering the trees above the horizon. And that's what they would do with matte paintings.
1: That's so cool yeah
0: yeah and if it's like little holes in castle grayskull they would just like sink it to these perfect spots but it would have to be a lockdown camera okay. and um most of the time and um it was really a wild technology before computers and yeah um, Amazing. Really, yeah actually you know what's really cool um if anyone's watching this podcast on youtube there's an image behind us. um which is a shot of the massive gray skull set. Let me pull it up in complete view because this is, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, Rich. Okay, there it is. Um, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the moment when Skeltor walks up its center pathway, mm-hmm. Skeltor's black cloak forms like this nasal cavity of what appears to be a large skull in this helicopter view. Do you do you see what uh-huh. I'm do you see what I'm seeing? There's like two yeah, eye sockets. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and the stairs appear like teeth on the yep. scroll. So, yeah. And I'm like, is this intentional? Because this is uh, amazing. This is fantastic. I never
1: noticed that. Yeah, that is really cool.
0: You know what? It took me like 15 views to notice that. <laughs> That's awesome. But That's awesome. Yeah. Really-
1: yeah.
0: So you don't know if that was intentional or not, or oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, never no idea. Yeah, I've never noticed that until until just now. I really had to look for it, but it, once you see it, it's like boom.
0: Yeah, it just looks like there's a skull there, and it's yeah. it's, it's so creative. So love it, or a happy accident, but uh, yeah,
1: right, right.
0: You know, um, speaking of that uh, castle, Grayskull, um, Gary Goddard, the um, the director was a interesting choice um, because he had never directed a movie before Masters of the Universe, which I bet that made him cheap and attractive in that way, But because canon was all about cheap, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he got the directing gig um, on the strength of a um, his Universal Studios stunt show, You know, it was called the adventures of Conan, a sword and, um, sorcery spectacular. Um, and Gary Goddard designed that stage show back in 19, I'm going to say 1983, maybe 1984, um, which is basically just a 20 minute live action theater performance at Universal Studios Hollywood. Did you ever go to that at all? i don't
1: remember i don't remember going to that the we did go to universal Studios but while we were on that trip um filming uh, they sent us everywhere they sent us to disneyland and and universal and um so i don't know if it was still going on then i don't remember seeing it it may have been over by then but uh, that was the first time i had ever been there
0: I think in Hollywood it went on to the early 90s. Okay. I think
1: it like
0: well, it. Uh, it, it would have been wild if you did, but yeah. Um, but you've been to those like theme parks, um, stage shows before, right? Those stunts. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. The Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. The Indiana Jones one. I remember that one. So good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It always felt to me, I'll be curious what you think, um, that Gary Goddard brought a lot of that Conan live show sensibility and ported it into the Masters of the Universe film. Yeah. Including the building of this large grayscale stage, you know, to contain so many... Of the scenes and elements, and even was supposed to contain what that end battle between He Man and Skeletor that they never filmed because they ran out of money and they shut down production. Um, I mean, I could even visualize a, a studio audience in there, in a way,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: And and you know what, um, I just think that a lot of that movie had that sort of Um, you know, this, not just the set, but the way it was filmed, um, you can see that stage theater DNA vibe. Yeah,
1: I think, I think it's there in the, I think it's there in the, in the costume stuff even, you know, like, so I'll show you a couple of these pieces here, but I remember, um, this, this being one of the first things they, they fit on me and it was this burlap dress. And I don't, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if you can see that too well, but uh, it's just, it's a, it's a dress, it's an actual dress, and I remember uh, this was the first, first thing I tried on, and then, you know, to the inside of the dress they sewed these, uh, I don't know what kind of fabric that it says, but they made the sort of scaly, lizardy fabric and the arms and these, you know, these patches that they put on here but they kind of pieced they really pieced all this together you know from all these different pieces and it has a very you know theater theater kind of vibe this was my favorite i always loved i always loved this piece it was the it was the hooded cloak
0: wow uh,
1: which i just thought i thought this was the coolest thing um
0: and I can't... Uh, I can't yeah. believe they gave that to you. I mean,
1: yeah, it was, uh, it was another surprise. I asked for it. Um, I asked if I could have it and I was told no, uh, that they kind of break these things down and they reuse pieces for, you know, other things. And, um, yeah. And, uh, this was like the little sash <laughs> sash that I wore around the waist. I mean, there was a ton of, a ton of, wow. detail. um, but yeah, I was told no, uh, I couldn't have it. And then, um, It was like maybe a month after we got back another big boxes boxes showed up like it was exciting for weeks after we got home boxes of stuff would show up Um, you know I got a, a, a box like with the with the photo albums of all the pictures I got a box with toys like kids dream come true they gave me a list of every Masters of the Universe toy ever made at that point told me to check off the ones that I had and everything that I didn't have they sent me which was amazing that box showed up Um, tubes of movie posters showed up Um, you know all the different versions of the the posters and then I think the last box to show up was the costume and uh, I remember being just amazed because I uh, I had asked you know and have been told no and the only piece i don't have is the helmet and uh so i did i wore it for halloween the next year now by that point like it was i guess 11 months later and uh i could barely squeeze into it but i did wear it i did wear it for halloween the following year
0: oh no well i mean it's so cool that you did but then like the adult me is saying that's worth so much money rich Yeah. <laughs> what what are you doing taking it outside? You're probably <laughs> eating chocolate as a kid, wiping your hands on the costume. Well,
1: I'm kind of, am- I mean, I, I I guess probably it's good. My, my, my parents are a little nostalgic, but it's kind of amazing that like, we didn't just like throw it out, you know? I mean, a long, wow. a long time went by without any, any discussion of, of this. I mean, it was always something, you know, it's an exciting thing we had as a family but you know there was no there was no internet there was no social media there were no dvds even right i mean the first time the first time i really thought much about the movie since you know get since since it came out was um when the dvd really the first dvd release came out and they had the uh you know director's commentary on the dvd and i thought oh do you think you think he'll talk about me, you know, when, when we get to that section and, and sure enough, you know, a lot of commentary, right. And that was the first time I do not even remember when that was, but, you know, DVDs. Right. And, and so, you know, not much, there a long time went without any discussion of this. Right. And then with, you know, the, the, you know, advent of social media and, and the internet, right. It kind of, became a way to connect with fans and and people remembered stuff and a way to share. um, And it's turned into a, you know, a thing again, but there was a really long period of time without any, you know, any discussion about it.
0: And it's amazing all the things that you got, because, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't a condition of the contest, you know, that you would get the costume or these posters or all of these extra goodies. So it just seems like they went the extra mile um to um to to, to just make this a wonderful experience for you which is so cool it was it was
1: we were we were treated like I mean it was it was like nothing we had ever seen I mean I remember getting there the first night and you know Mattel executives taking my family out to this you know fancy restaurant in LA um on our first night and I remember ordering I don't know why I remember this. I remember ordering duck and uh, seeing duck on the menu. And I was like, you can eat a duck. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll, yeah, I want to eat a duck. So order That's, a duck. You that know? is so
0: strange for a kid to do that. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and, you
0: are uh, you are adventurous.
1: <laughs> and my my sister who was three through three years younger than me. Um, a uh, one of the servers was actually carrying a tray of glasses of ice water and dumped it tripped and dumped it on my sister on our first night there and you know time time difference we were we were all a bit of a mess um that night but we were treated like uh like gold i mean we were we were put up in this um it was the, the top floor suite of a hotel in beverly hills called the westwood marquee i forget what it is now it's it's another kind of famous beverly hills hotel but we had this you know suite that was bigger than our house with you know I remember telephones in the bathroom. I thought that was cool. But um, yeah, we had a limo driver, you know, at our back and call assigned to us whenever we wanted to go anywhere. He was waiting downstairs. They sent us to Disneyland, to,
0: you know, Universal, um, anywhere we wanted to go. Um,
1: it was amazing. Yeah, they treated us really well.
0: So did this ever give you like the acting bug? Did you yeah. ever? It did. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember um there was a movie, there was they were advertising um, it was some it was a Barbara Hershey movie the next year filming in Chicago. And uh I remember talking to my dad about, you know, taking me to audition and uh he was totally supportive. Um and I ended up not wanting to do I'm I'm Totally an introvert. I always have been. Like I'm a pretty shy guy, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, no, let's let's not do that." Um, But initially, afterward, for sure, wanted to do that.
0: Yeah, I think I think that would be something I would want to explore. Like, wow, that was easy. Yeah. (laughs) But um, unfortunately, a Barbara Hershey movie. uh... (laughs) (laughs) If anybody (laughs) knows who that is, right? Well um so uh back on that um you know that whole uh, theater dna and uh, I love that costume thank you for showing that um yeah. uh you know Gary had also brought over um two actors from that conan um stunt show um Anthony uh who played blade mm-hmm. um was in that stunt show and uh, Robert Towers as Karg and especially with Carg, um I saw a lot of um for lack of better word, uh, overacting, you know, this abundance of uh, spinning and over animated gestures, you know, that, that look grand on stage uh, to an audience sitting at a distance, but appears sometimes unnatural and hamming it up, Mm. you know, um, uh, for a movie, you know, and um, something like that, you know, like it or hate it. Uh, a traditional director wouldn't have brought to a picture like this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is a, it is a love or hate relationship that people have with the movie for a lot of those reasons. You know, you do either. I, I don't, I don't ever talk to anyone who's like, eh, I mean, there is, there's passion one way or another about the movie. Um, and and for, for a lot of those, you know, a lot of those reasons. But uh, yeah, I remember my my very favorite uh, favorite forever uh, person that I met on that set was Meg Foster. Um, just like absolutely amazing. And Lynn was always my favorite character. I
0: was, I was going to ask you what was your favorite? Yeah, wow.
1: to this day, I mean, I, I still, I still follow the, you know, I follow the brand and I see what's going on and and watch the shows. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't collect the way that I used to and the way that a lot of people do. Um, but there are certain characters that no matter what I will pick, I will pick it up when I'm out. And Evelyn is, you know, the one. So I have, I have every version of Evelyn, uh, you know, ever. And, um, I remember meeting her and she was just, amazing. And she was so gracious to, uh, to me and my family. And there's some really cool candid pictures uh, with her and us backstage, you know, showing off her costume. And, and it was just, um, it was really cool. And what what really got me to PowerCon 10 years ago, um, was when they told me that she was going to be on the panel. And uh, I got to sit next to her, and you know, we we were able to chat beforehand. And of course, you know, she didn't she didn't remember me, but I had and fig- I figured she wouldn't. so I had brought some of those pictures with, um, so that I could show her, hey, this is me." And um, it was just it was absolutely amazing, but but she was just, I remember her being so kind and so sweet to my family. And I remember my dad uh, being a bit enamored. Um,
0: <laughs> your your <laughs> <that>. poor mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, that was pretty magical. And she was in costume uh, the times that I that I did see her, and so that was even better because you know here's my my very favorite character come to life. And if there was any interpretation of any character that I thought was just really amazing, it was her interpretation.
0: I know. Meg Foster was just such great uh casting. And I don't know um, what's a good adjective to use. It's not the best actor adjective, but she had such a wispy, I don't know, sultry voice and those eyes, those pale, pale blue eyes. Yeah. That make her so distinctive. Yep. Yeah. And it requires no further convincing that there's something um, magical deep inside her, right? That she has in touch with sorcery other than those eyes. And it was just wonderful casting and, um, you know, her and, um, Frank, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Now Frank, (laughs) Frank, uh, speaking of hamming it up, by the way, um, Frank, um, Legella as Skeletor, you know, when I was young, um I didn't like, you know, the way he looked. Oh know? really? Yeah, instead of um eye sockets, we got those visible eyes and yeah. and that so very fake looking nose cavities, you know, that look painted <laughs> on the little mesh oh. and um this is me as a child, you know, Right. and uh, he sometimes struck me as this like strange ghost face, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like nowhere near as cool as um, Filmation Skeletor or even yeah. my my vintage figure that I had. But um, and as a kid, I'm hearing Alpha and the Omega and the death and the rebirth. And I'm wondering, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> Yeah. You know when is Skeletor going to call someone you bumbling boop you know <laughs> right. yeah, his,
1: yeah he was he was scary he was really evil he had this deep voice he wasn't yellow and he, that, that was that was my problem it's like why evil why isn't she yellow right and uh <laughs> why isn't he why isn't his face yellow um yeah i i really did like both of the interpretations of them um Actually, I, I, you know, once I got, once I got used to it, um, I I liked them. I really did. Uh, I didn't have, didn't have a problem with, with the two of them, but um, yeah, it was just, it was so, it was so different. Um, I mean, all of it was, but, you know, looking back at it now too, I mean, you see sort of the romantic connection too, between yeah. the two of them, right. Which, I mean, we never would have seen anything like that, you know, portrayed in the, in the cartoons, but you see, I mean, they were both, I, I think they both did a great job with those characters. I mean, you see this vulnerability in, in Evil Inn, right? Where she's clearly trying to impress him, right? And and please him. And you see this uh, sometimes maybe a little bit of affection in him, right? I mean, there was there was some real depth, I thought, between the two of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now let yeah. me just bounce. I I want to touch on that, but I want to go back before people roast me in the comments. I want to say that um, when I grew older, though, uh, (laughs) I, and this is honest truth, um, I appreciated this grandiose Skeletor, you know, and I appreciated the compromise in design, Um, enough uh, rigid appliances on his face to look like um, bone, but enough soft facial pliable appliances to let frank's performance shine through so he yeah. can stay, say cool stuff like where is your strength you know when has it gone i can't do a skeleton but um <laughs> he just chewed, he just chewed up the scenery and yeah. and now 35 years later the thing that i hated i love the most you mm-hmm. know I, I i love i mean i love evil in like you too but yeah uh, Frank, every time Frank Lagella is on the screen, I just, I eat it up. I, I just can't wait for him to be more on. it. Um, and now back to where you went before, which I totally agree with you is um, I also liked uh, the intimate moments yeah. seen between Skeletor and Evelyn mm-hmm. and uh, where she kneels before him and skeletor actually strokes her face yeah and he softly talks to her about how he depends on her Mm. and then when you hear the door open you know evelyn quickly gets up and they refer to the uh, status quo so i love them depicting what so many fans felt skeletor and evelyn's um sometimes toxic Relationship, um starting in the filmation series, really was, you know, mm-hmm. and I I didn't catch that on as a kid, but I appreciate that, yeah, as an adult. And we were talking about revelation, and they actually took that to the next level. But we saw that toxic relationship because mm-hmm. he was so sweet and dare I say tender to mm-hmm. her in that quiet moment. But then the next thing, when the uh, mercenaries um, fail, right? Yeah. And, And, um, he goes ahead and kills my favorite mercenary. We'll get there. Uh, Uh, (laughs) he, uh, next thing you know, he's sending her, you know, into into jeopardy. So you feel this, this, this unhealthy relationship and there's a deeper subtext, even to this film that I didn't see as a child, but I see as an adult and I love it.
1: Yeah. They really, I mean, they, they take it to, you know, a different place. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is campy, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of over, overacting and, and, uh, you know, some cheap, cheap one-liners. But I mean, there is some real depth in those moments. And I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I never saw either of them out of costume. So I didn't know, I hadn't seen Frank Langella in anything else. I knew he was Dracula. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch that um I never I had never seen him in anything else uh and so it wasn't until the movie Dave came out I don't know if you remember that movie it's uh Kevin and weaver he he's like uh he impersonates the president and he looks so much like him they bring him in to play the or actually be the president when the president has like a stroke or something I remember and, that. uh Frank Langella I think he plays a secretary of state maybe or something in that movie kind of again sort of an evil guy um and that was the first time I ever saw him out of costume in anything else I couldn't believe what he actually looked like I think that movie was 96 or 97 or something like that but yeah like 10 years later um first time I ever knew what he looked like out of costume.
0: You know, I didn't know either when that film came out. And I think the first time I saw him was this not a very good movie. It's called um, Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he becomes okay. the first pregnant man.
1: I saw that. <laughs> you
0: saw that? Okay.
1: let see that.
0: And then Frank was this doctor that wanted the technology to make money and was suspecting that Arnold was actually pregnant. And again, he's the villain, right? <laughs> you yeah, know, right. He, he's typecast as a villain. And um, I think I don't know. I was reading a magazine and you know, I saw his name, Frank Lagella, and I saw the picture, and I'm like, What? That's skeletor. <laughs> what? And uh yeah, yeah. So that was quite yeah, yeah. as a kid, who would know? Who would I know? I think
1: uh, I think the next time I saw him and uh I I hesitate to say this because I might get this, I might get this wrong and and get myself in trouble, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, Maybe I shouldn't. I'm pretty sure he was in this really terrible movie called Body of Evidence with, it was like a basic instinct knockoff with Willem Dafoe and Madonna. Kathleen
0: Turner. Oh, Madonna. Oh, I remember that film. Oh,
1: and and I'm pretty sure, all right, I, I'll apologize in advance if I'm wrong. but I, I rem- And I, I haven't thought about this in years now that we're talking about his other movies. I remember seeing him in that being like, all right, that's disgusting. And like, I'm super disappointed that you did this horrendous movie. Um,
0: but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in that too. Ugh, bad. I'm going I'm to one up you um, so you <laughs> don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> I had the same exact experience for Frank Lagella. But it was with the actress who was in Risky Business opposite Tom Cruise, Rebecca de Mornay. Could that be right? I'm not sure. And it was something like God created women or and God created women. And it was a very soft core. um, I guess skin flick, they would call him back in the day. Yeah. And he was in it. And I'm like, Frank, you're in this. You That's know, like, what did? are you doing? He's so good.
1: Like, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, yeah, he was he was on a pool table. You know, what? I'm not even gonna go there, but he uh, he's a Tony Award winner,
1: <laughs> right? Right, yeah, I know. I so it's know.
0: Fu- funny, you and I had similar experiences, but with different films. But yeah. uh, why, why did you do this? <laughs> but you know what, he'll he'll always still be um skeletor for me and um for sure you know um back on um uh, i guess the rest of the cast uh we might as well go through them real quick uh, not so they feel left out um chelsea field i liked as tila and there was john cypher as man at arms Mm -hmm. and um i was a really big fan of chelsea um John, I don't know. He felt a little off. I thought as a child, perhaps he should be a little bit, little, little, uh, excuse me, I can't speak, a bit, a little more athletic. You know, everyone in Masters in the universe is tough. Right. You, you know, and it uh, felt like Tila could hold her own and it felt like yeah. uh, He Man could hold his own. But um, I don't know. With John, um, but he's a great actor. He was in this show called um, Hill Street Blues. And, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he was yeah. in the- long, long time. And he was great, but, uh, so man in arms, I like him, but I wasn't sure about, um, Oh, but we should talk about He-Man himself. Huh? So what about He-Man himself? Uh, what, what did you think of the great Ivan? I will break you. you know, Dra- <laughs> Drago, uh, Dolph Lundgren, in the uh, role of He-Man. Hey,
1: I remember, uh, I remember meeting him for the first time. Um, It was uh, like the first day we arrived um, on set, like days and days before we did filming and we were in this office area and uh, he came in and uh, he was in this, uh, I don't know, these like short gym shorts and like a a zip up hoodie or something. There's pictures from that from that moment. And that's the picture where my mom is Googling him, which is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, my dad took the picture and it's so funny because he he caught my mom in a a really funny moment but um I remember thinking like yeah that's that's he man for sure like he had he had the look uh for sure and he was super nice like again really really nice everybody everybody there was was just incredible um, and saw him, we saw him a number of times, um, you know, before the actual, uh, before the actual night of, of filming and, uh, yeah, he was great. He was great.
0: Yeah. I think he was, um, six foot four, six foot five, I believe. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Rich. I mean, this might be against uh popular opinion, but I thought he was perfect for the role. I mean, he had a. He had a great charm about him and smile, you know, and I was never distracted by his accent, which is not uh it's not Russian it's Scandinavian, you know a lot of people think it's a Russian accent, I guess from the Rocky Four movie Yeah, I see that mistake made all the time, but he's Scandinavian, and I think he's a chemist too. he's an accomplished yeah he's chemist. like brilliant
1: hes he's yeah, yeah. he absolutely is, yeah. Um, I don't know if the accent bothered me or not. Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I, he, he looked the part, right? I mean, he absolutely looked the part. And I think, I think looking the part with He-Man is as important as, you know, whatever else you do. Um, and he absolutely looked the part.
0: Well, for me also, um, being a filmation child and loving filmation, loving that continuity that goes into revelation, it's a very smiley He Man. It's a very it's a very happy He Man versus the vintage the vintage toy that we're familiar with, with the angry face, you know, or some of the some of the other shows where everyone's so angry and he mans, you know, but in filmation he had a smile about him and and I just loved Dolph's smile and um yeah regarding that accent I mean I recently watched promotional interviews um that were recorded back in 1987 and you know I they were saying, you know, they gave Dolph three chances in the film, you know, to to record his accent, uh, to record his dialogue uh, with the least amount of accent possible. And I've heard all these stories. But as I'm watching these interviews, I didn't hear an accent that was unintelligible at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's less thicker than stars like Arnold Schwarzenegger and sure. um, the muscles from Brussels, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, it, it wasn't distracting at yeah. all.
1: no 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 he did he did a great job it, mm. and uh, yeah I I remember seeing the film and, and, and being disappointed overall in just sort of the, the lack of um, you know lack of ties to you know the original story like it it, it really bothered me that there was no transformation scene that there was no Prince Adam that, I mean, that, that's a big deal. Right. Like, and, and, and I get it. Right. There were a lot of, there were a lot of challenges with the, with the film and everything, but to me, that was, I think the biggest miss. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did, but like, I would, you know, I would, I would, that's what I would do. You know, I'd take my swords outside. Right. And I would, I'd play that. I mean, that was like the, every, every character, Transforming from their secret identity into their, you know, superhero self is the iconic moment in like every storyline like this, right? So, and and his transformation is is truly, I think, one of the greatest. And so, to not have that was a bummer. But you kind of get a little bit of it at the end, right? You have a moment which which is somewhat redeeming. Um, but uh, but other than that, I thought. I thought
0: he did a really nice job. I agree. Um, I, you and I are simpatico about that. Um, I really needed that transformation. I needed yeah. that Prince Adam. I needed that dynamic. But, but you know, I don't... Obviously, neither of us puts that on Dolph the Man, right? No. Um, mm-hmm. And um, And if the movie failed critically, and if the movie failed financially, I don't put any of this on, uh, Dolph Lundgren's, uh, shoulders, you know, no, and, uh, no,
1: not at all. Yeah. And, and what it's become now is, you know, I mean, it, it's iconic in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I talk to people and there is nobody who hasn't seen it. There's nobody who, uh, you know, doesn't watch it when it's on. I mean, you, it's, it's, um, everybody has seen it. So it's really, you know, Whatever happened to it when it first came out? It's become something really special. Again, whether you love it or hate it, you can't you can't deny that it has really become something very special.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you like the um, the red cape on He Man? Um. Or, you ever see that uh, cartoon Incredibles? I think where it's like no capes and. <laughs> shows all these superheroes meeting their demise you know
1: i mean i I always i always like a cape i don't i don't really have a problem with a cape on anybody but uh yeah i don't remember uh having a problem with that
0: yeah Yeah. okay so um also in casting uh real quick uh billy barty right as Gwildor, um how can anyone not like him and you know what i think he was i mean there was some I remember some mild annoyance that um you know G- Guldor was used as a cheaper way to replace Orco because you don't have to manage a character that flies around all the time. Yeah. But I thought both um Billy and Guldor was fantastic. Oh yeah. And, and he was I think 73 at the time. Yeah. I mean, what a machine to wear all those appliances and to be up all those nights and it's incredible. Yeah. And didn't you have a good experience with him, I heard?
1: I had an amazing experience with him that sadly there are no photos of. Um, I've got photos of everything and I, I don't know where our photographer was at that moment, but um, no, I really regret that there are no photos of that. I remember being in his, uh, in his trailer with him, my sister and I, being in there. I don't remember my parents being there. They must have been like right outside or something, but sitting, sitting in there, having a a conversation with him in full costume, full makeup, um, and him, you know, telling us about the hours and hours of, you know, sitting there, you know, getting ready. And, um, he was just, just a, an absolute delight. He just radiated kindness. And, you know, it was, it was fun to, It was fun to see these people later on like you know a few years later uh you know he he shows up in an episode of the golden girls of all things right there's a there's a uh really yeah there's a dream sequence and he uh he shows up in the golden girls like i remember watching the cosby show and meg foster was uh you know, one of Claire Huxtable's friends on one episode of The Cosby Show and then yeah. seeing, you know, Courtney Cox show up on Family Ties and then, of course, yeah. it would be like it was amazing to see these people that I had met and, and interacted with, you know, show up kind of randomly on on shows and things. But um I, I so wish there were pictures with him because. Uh, he was so cool. And then to, to learn years later, I didn't even know he was in the wizard of Oz and like, I mean, amazing to, to be in the presence of that someone and to just be such
0: kindness. Isn't that great? Yeah. You know, when, when you have these like heroes and he was definitely so beloved, you know, and when, when they treat you with such kindness and compassion and you, you feel like this stardom never gets to their head. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes you appreciate these more, you know, because yeah. I've met a couple celebrities that were the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep their names out. Um, and um, so when you come across something like that, it's just so wonderful to hear you know and and the fact that he because he he, he's big i mean billy was you know a legend you know and absolutely so sad that i don't remember when he passed away um hmm.
1: yeah i remember hearing about it but can't remember when it was yeah
0: but um ah, he was great um we have anyone left oh christina pickles um as the sorceress And, um, yeah, that
1: was another one, her showing up years later as, uh, Monica and Ross's mom on Friends, right? Like,
0: oh, uh, you're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would see these, you know, I'd see these people show up later on and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it was cool.
0: You know, I, I, I liked her as the sorceress, sort of, I mean, um. Again, it, it's hard for an actor to stand still, stuck in a imaginary circle, right. force field for almost an entire film and yeah. be under some sort of power-draining trance. Yeah. You know? yeah. And really, really give an amazing performance. Um, but uh, she was good. I was just not a big fan of her redesign. That
1: was the thing for me. So, you know, I mentioned the certain, you know, characters that, no matter how many times they reproduce them, I will go buy the the latest one. That's another one for me. I always loved the sorceress and I did not like that. That was that was her her costume and Tila, I think were my my two least favorite interpretations out of out of all of them, I've gotta say. But uh yeah, I I thought it was elaborate and beautiful and but it wasn't the sorceress for me.
0: Yeah, with Tila's, I think I could sort of um, dismiss as she was the daughter of man at arms and captain of the guard, and they're they're trying to maintain this aesthetic. I agree with you. I prefer the classic, you know, costuming. Yeah. Yeah. But with the with the sorceress, I was just wondering what they were doing. I mean, she had this like chandelier on her head, upside right. down chandelier, wow. and she was sparkly. You yeah.
1: know, <laughs> that one but, seems like it would have been an easy one to. To do something with you know wings and feathers i mean that one seems i don't know but i mean like i said beautiful and and i did like i like how they aged her i thought that was a cool kind of you know element of the the storyline and and you know how he would drain the power from her and and, uh i thought that was cool it just wasn't the sorceress
0: sometimes i don't understand when they make changes just for the sake of changes Mm -hmm. right You could say that of the sorceress um, costume or even Castle Grayskull itself. Yeah. You know, where Masters of the Universe, um, as you know, is this great combination of um, uh, sorcery and technology. But Castle Grayskull was always this um, more sorcery, right? It was the home of sorcery, not much technology. And as you were, I think you were touching on before, um, they changed this, you know, and um, I think some of this was to have this big elaborate set because that's what um, Gary knew. But um, yeah, sometimes I still don't, even though I I've grown to love all of it. Um, yeah. I just don't understand what you know. If something's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's gorgeous. Like you can't deny how beautiful it is, and it's it's overwhelmingly beautiful um it just at the time really didn't didn't resonate with me you know and and uh i don't know the movie was probably two years too late right because things were starting to things were starting to fade i mean even if you look at kind of the toys that came out you know around the same time um you know i I know people you know clamor for the you know eternia playset, right that that and uh but that's got such a different look and feel, right? Things were it was kind of evolving more into this spacey looking stuff, and and some of the later figures, you know, I remember I think it's Extendar that I loved, right? But but had kind of that, you know, almost more modern space looking, and and I think the movie the movie picks up on some of that with with certain things, and and uh, I don't know the toy line was kind of evolving too, so I. I didn't wonder if, you know, maybe the movie was, you know, an attempt to to take the brand in a different direction, even, I don't know. Um, but, but the movie was probably two years too late. Yeah,
0: that's fair. You know, and you're talking about, um, the later toys. I mean, I was a lover of the original ones, which I got, um, including Castle School and the original, um, henchmen and, and, um, that that was a stickler for me too because um you know w- when i'm getting a masters of the universe film right i'm expecting uh merman and beastman yeah. and trapjaw you know and right. uh and then uh you know here we get these henchmen and we get beastman um yeah. but then we get like who are these guys right <laughs> you know who's this card guy and and, and blade and and yeah and Sauron, you know, and, and why are there stormtroopers everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that I could deal with, except uh, (laughs) they they were robots, but I think I'd still be okay if I got those traditional villains, and, um,
1: right, no, totally, totally, because you had, like, your, you could almost equate them with kind of, like, your horde troopers, right, that sort of thing, um, which totally, totally works, but, yeah, I remember I remember thinking who are who are these guys. Um, you know, didn't didn't love uh Karg, you know, that he did nothing for me. Um, didn't care for the character of Blade, but absolutely had a blast meeting him and talking with him. And there's some really cool, candid pictures that we got with him too. Uh so had a blast there, but the one that I felt like Worked in every way and was very true to Masters of the Universe was Sarad. Like it worked. If they were going to create a new henchman for this movie, like he fit perfectly. Reminded me of like a Snake Man kind of you know thing going on. It was he was perfect.
0: Rich, we're two peas in the pod. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Out of card, out of Blade, out of Beast Man, I'm in Sarad um oh, he was played by an interesting actor um his name was Ponce I don't remember his last name Ponce Mar Ponce Mar yes uh, yes uh, um but Sarad I found the most visually interesting and wish he wasn't the one killed by Skeletor you I know, know. He, he had this great um frog-like throat that expanded when he was breathing and uh it's so neat
1: you know the way he moves and and like it's yeah it's it's great it's great yeah of all the of all the ones to destroy um
0: but yeah yeah i was like why couldn't you kill you know karg instead because you know the audience wouldn't have to stare any longer at this huge bou- bouffant hair <laughs> right i mean right. what what is up with that hair rich i mean it's like <laughs> yeah yeah this Probably
1: why guy. he never he, they never you know turned him into a, a figure. You know, blade blade got a figure.
0: Oh, actually, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I think card did get a figure. Did he get a figure back then, or or more? No. Oh, not back then. You're right. You're yeah, right, yeah. Right. I don't think he got one back then.
1: Um, back Wildor
0: got a figure.
1: Blade got a figure, and uh, Sorod got a figure, and Sorad, um, uh he shot sparks out of his mouth. If you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably never fly today, <laughs> but, uh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I don't think they made a, they didn't, I don't think they made a card back then, but I know, I know there's a, there's a more recent one. I
0: think, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's the one I was referring to super seven. I think they made four. They made yes. Human man dark desk, uh, Despo. Am I pronouncing that right? Despot Skeletor. I'm not sure. I really don't know. Um, god skeletor and then yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: i didn't get those and i regret that i'm gonna have to hit ebay one of these days and 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 get those i should have i should have grabbed those
0: they're pricey now i um i have uh both skeletors that i didn't pick up they're actually not here but um but now i think there's something like especially the skeletors i think they go upwards towards 150 dollars okay yeah Yeah. It's pretty pricey, but, um, man, I tell you, it's funny. You mentioned the sparks. I had so many toys that had sparks (laughs) and created flames like cap cap guns back then and, and stuff that you would never give a kid now.
1: (laughs) No, it's amazing that we're sitting here, you know, Able to talk about it with all the stuff we had growing up,
0: <laughs> right, right, and 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 all the guns and none of these guns. If uh, for anyone who's younger than us, none of these guns. I mean, these were realistic plastic guns um that would never have like this orange warning kind of nozzle that's you know supposed to warn cops that this is not real. I mean, this right. stuff was realistic. That yeah, eight and nine year olds were playing with and. Yeah. It was quite a different time.
1: We also had candy cigarettes too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We'd buy a pack. <laughs> and we'd sit there and start pretending we're smoking. Yeah. Oh, I would get those um, <laughs> rich at my school store, and oh right, yeah, and right next to them, no joke, audience, I would buy. The um amputated feet of rabbits. They oh, them yeah rabbits. I had yeah, those. Are the keychains, right? It's the keychains. They called them rabbit feet. Yeah. They were real feet from rabbits. They had the little nails from them. I know. I'm sorry. This sounds macabre, but this was this was the time back then that everyone had a rabbit's foot and they would dye the fur like different colors. I had people-
1: a, I had like a, a royal blue one, and it's disgusting. i I I mean, I can't, I
0: can't even, I can't even believe we carried those around. Like, I mean, and, and raccoon
1: tails was another thing. Like I, it mortifies me now to think about it, but, uh, yeah, that was a thing. And and they had the nails on them
0: still. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. And we just didn't realize you know and uh, we're all ashamed of it now but it was just part of the culture back then yeah and uh and it was sold in schools we had school stores and they sold these things so um yeah it was just a different world back then we've definitely improved in a lot of areas oh, was, sure. you know yeah but um i guess the last thing that we haven't even touched upon was just the actual um story um you know uh it was kind of interesting for Masters of the Universe that um, we started this this story with uh, Skeletor on top. You know, he's conquered. He's won. It begins, the, the film actually begins with Eternia in death and destruction. Wow. And you could even catch some um, blood splatters in the beginning on the uh, Vasquez rock um, set. And it's interesting that we never get to see Eternia in its original state. You know, Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess other than Skeletor looking out, um, of the eye of gray skull, then cut to credits, uh, we start with Eternia in complete ruin you know, and, um, I don't know for, for fans, maybe presenting Eternia this way works, I think, but maybe, for people first dipping their toes into the franchise with no familiar familiarity of um Eternia or its monarchy or the workings of Castle Grayskull I wonder if the lack of setup except that brief narration um was confusing for new viewers you know I wonder if all things were perfect a story like this would have been better suited for a a sweet sequel or like a middle film of a trilogy
1: yeah definitely um I think it would have totally worked as a second film um, because I, I want to see how it happened. I mean, they give you a little bit of background, but like, yeah. that would be, that would be something to see. Like how, how does that, how does it happen? Right. And, and I could see a first film ending that way. Right. And and then this one kind of picking up. Um, yeah. The story is the, the story is interesting. It's definitely it's definitely dark. Right. And, and, uh, I don't know, things, things have, things have since gotten a lot darker, but yeah, being kind of the filmation kid that I was too, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's happy. There's lots of bright colors, you know, and and there's a lot of, uh, uh, just happy moments and flowers. And, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a dark, Eternia, for sure
0: yeah. yeah yeah and and or what do they call it also a um they positioned it in a um oh uh reverse wizard of oz right mm-hmm. um where uh the audience starts this time in oz and then it's transported to the real world, you know? And then we get some of that um, fish out of water comedy, like uh, Tila eating ribs and not realizing it's meat. Yeah. How does it happen? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I mean, uh, attorney and meat can't be, or I don't know, any different. I guess they're all vegetarians. uh, Yeah.
1: It sounds like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. There's some, there's some moments where it's like, (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. you know, but... Or the heroes making uh, contact with a cow. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and like... Gwildor's trying to, <laughs> you know, have a discussion. I think with this thing, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I think I think they had farm animals, similar farm animals on uh, Eternia. Yeah, now there's some
1: there's some weird moments for sure, right? Um, yeah. I I didn't love the idea, the whole idea of them coming to Earth. um yeah i just i don't know um yeah i didn't 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 love that i don't want to see those i don't want to see those characters interacting with you know your your normal earth people they did some fun stuff and and uh it was cool but i i didn't love the whole idea of them coming to earth
0: i was you know uh i think we we heard or we were told the reason behind that was for cost savings Uh, measures yeah but the more i think about it through all these night shoots and stuff um and what they did in vasquez rocks i always wondered could they have done a whole film on eternia look even when they land in earth and they're in that little swamp area but it's an earth swamp right and they see the cow and there's all this lush green and foliage it still looks to me like it could be eternia sure and eternia had a lot of similar landscapes as um as earth does. So I was just, just just like Vasquez rocks. Right. So I was wondering why couldn't they have done this, Um, you know, and, and had a film mostly set in Eternia, you know, and and still been a low budget film. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of places they could have gone on Eternia. I mean, they were always, they were always going to, you know, different, different places. Right. to either save somebody or, you know, find some special gemstone or something. Right. So there, there could have yeah. been all kinds of opportunities to to, to do something like that. Um, but I mean, then you wouldn't have your, you know, Lubick and, you know, those uh, those moments. Right. So um,
0: oh i love lubick by the way Uh, we should have mentioned them i mean uh i don't mind courtney cox and robert mcneil um as julie and kevin um i've never found those characters very compelling but they did fine in their roles you know but detective lubick (laughs) james tolkien right um
1: yeah Yeah. talk about an iconic like 80s movie face right like yeah (laughs) (laughs) the only thing the only thing that would have been better would would have been like if he had been the principal at the high school because like he he was always the mean principal guy right they could but no it was it was actually I I never met him uh, on the set I didn't meet him until years later uh, at a convention here uh, one of the wizard world conventions um, in Chicago here I actually met him uh, finally um and took a picture with him but never met him during the filming
0: he i think is most famous for the back to the future movies right i think yeah so. yeah Ah, oh, but he, you know just like frank lagella um he was a scene stealer you know so sure. yeah <laughs> like, and his facial reaction like i don't want to curse the way he curses but that one is right? just so funny <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely
0: oh uh, you a- know uh, yeah that was a case of good casting you know? yeah no doubt yeah he made it more palatable um but like i said the other earth people were fine and so was the uh, music store owner I forget, eddie no i'm not sure what his name was escapes me but um yeah and then um but i agree with you i you know i i wish the story wasn't on earth and um I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you know what? I also personally, it's funny. Um, Revelation got a lot of heat for this, but uh, I personally liked how Tila was presented in her tri- traditional Filmation hot-headed form, you know, just like she was in the Filmation show. She's, you know, she's always about to shoot the cow. Right. <laughs> she she yeah. she wants to shoot the cow or she wants to beat up Gild uh, Gildor, right? Yeah, but yeah. He-Man always pulls her back, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and um she's just quick tempered, quick to react, and um and you can tell also there was a little jealousy there when she sees He-Man with Julie. Right. And uh, you know, so the movie actually continued that subdued affection that we saw in the filmation show you know yeah and and that was nice to see too but yeah revelation you know they're they accused that show of uh not capturing you know that tila was too too hot-headed you know and i'm like (laughs) it's the way she was in the show and here she was in the movie too yeah it it happened so fast you don't realize she's going to shoot the cow but if you pay attention and you watch these scenes you go oh this is Tila. oh look she's grabbing guldor and she wants to like knock him through the moon and he meant like slow down Tila. you know he didn't know and uh Yeah. yeah and uh it's 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 great you know i just love to see these character traits come through even though it's quite a departure from the formation show. They, they, right. did pull, they did pull some things, which was nice. And it makes Absolutely. me smile yeah. as a Masters of the Universe fan. And, um, and the score, right? Bill Conti, the score, do you do you love the score?
1: I love the score and was ecstatic. Was it? I don't know, two or three years ago, um, for record store day, uh, they released it on on vinyl and uh i i was living in houston at the time and uh ran down to my my local record store like later in the day and got their last copy of it and it is i mean it's magnificent it's really really great and and it's iconic it's one of those things where you know exactly what point of the movie you're you're watching when you listen to it and it stands on its own like i i put that on and and it works on its own
0: yeah yeah it really you know scores like that really i'm always saying that a good score um elevates the material right yeah you know you're good on the page already or maybe you're not good on the page but whatever you are it it, it goes up a notch you know for sure uh, and except there was one there was one part of his score i don't know if you've ever watched um it was called mad max two what was the name in america uh the road warrior and um uh, brian may i think was the composer and his music sounds exactly like the music played when um skeletor and he meant fight you know when all the lights go down yeah and it it seems like an exact copy i can't imagine he did did that on purpose but i'm i'm like is this mad max two but but um (laughs) With that similarity aside, you're right. It's so wonderful. It's yeah. so iconic, and um, that, that you just couldn't get a better score.
1: Man. Yeah, and and a movie like that needs needs an iconic theme. You know, I mean, it's it's I put it up there with the Superman theme. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's along those lines.
0: And doesn't the credits in the beginning give you that sort of Christopher Reeve Superman feel? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 It felt like that's what they were really going for there, and totally. you know, and I just love it. And yeah. um, so, and unlike um, Superman, um, it did not get sequels. <laughs> <laughs> the box office was not good at all, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The um, this was really a box office failure. It didn't make its money back, and um, and I, it squashed any ideas for a sequel actually actually maybe we're better off because rich there was i don't know if you know there was a script for a masters of the universe 2
1: ah i don't think i'd heard that
0: yeah i think it was called masters of the universe cyborg i am not making this up sir <laughs> no that i've heard that i've heard yeah yeah i think that was canon and i think that was um a follow-up but i heard this ridiculous idea i didn't even go chasing the script that again it takes place on earth uh, and, and then we find out the skeletor is here on earth but disguised and hiding himself as this like billionaire tycoon you know oh, corporate gosh. corporate villain <laughs> and i'm like no <laughs> oh man <laughs> You know, yeah.
1: I, let's just be glad that didn't get made. So yes,
0: yes. If there's any time you wish a film was a failure, it's now this film because if yeah. they would have made that, oh my gosh, no, no, that would have been a uh a laughing stock. And yeah, like we're still trying hard as Masters Masters of the Universe fans to see another film realized live action film right there's been so many stops and goes and yeah. delays and changing of hands and, right. and and once again they were supposed to create a um they announced a new film that was going to start filming this summer and it was going to air on netflix and then that got kiboshed it's not completely kiboshed, but uh they announced filming for summer, but that got stopped. And they went back to the drawing board with writing, the director said, the knee brothers, and right. um, they're doing brainstorming again. So once again, it's like a, it's like a Motu film curse. Ever since this movie, yeah. they can't seem to, to to make another one. I don't know, hopefully one day, you know? Yeah.
1: I think it would resonate. I really do. I think it would yeah. resonate with people. I think it would do well. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of the most recognizable brands. I mean, it, it's never really died and it, it just come, it, it comes back, you know, completely, you know, transformed in every couple of years. Um, there's a new, you know, new ideas and, and, and they never go away. Um, I think it would, I think it would resonate, um yeah i i I know this the starts and the stops i've stopped uh believing anything i guess that i see about a a new film and i enjoy this i enjoy what we do get you know with the new series and the you know the continuation of the toy lines and and i'm seeing some really cool stuff coming out of you know comic-con uh that people are posting and 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 so i know everyone would probably love to see another movie but we get so much um we get so much great stuff. Right. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we got to love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am super excited with the two shows that we have out now, especially masters of the universe revelation. Um, so yeah, I'm content and I'm content with this movie. So, uh, maybe we should close on our, um, our thoughts about, you know, this film, I guess then and now. So, so rich, Masters of the Universe, 1987. What do you think? How do you feel? Capsulated.
1: So, in 1987, um, I'm excited for having had the experience, but I'm disappointed for a lot of reasons. First, um, so much of what was filmed for me was cut. There was a oh. much, it was a much bigger scene, and there was a lot more of me in it. And the little bit that I had, you know, got cut because um, we filmed a lot more. Um, what,
0: what Skeletor said something to you, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So you know, after he takes his staff and turns around, um, you can see him turn around and actually look at me, and then that's what what's cut. I'm I'm standing there, kind of like looking at him in this like pleading way, and he, you know, tells me to you know now leave is what <laughs> he says, and you know I scurry off into the distance and that whole part is cut so i missed it actually the first time um i saw it in the theater so i didn't even see myself the first time because i was waiting for this thing that we filmed right that got that got cut so i'm disappointed because where was i um and then um i'm disappointed because the credits roll and i was ecstatic to be in the credits but pig boy like what (laughs) what's this right uh, yeah i mean you don't want to be a nine-year-old kid you know pig boy uh you know now today i you know let's let's fast forward like i'm thrilled about all of it and and the fact that it's pig boy is hilarious to me right and and to now hear the you know the stories of how that you know how that came to be um you know, it's it's cool. But yeah, I was bummed. I was bummed. It, it didn't it didn't look and feel like a He-Man movie. I didn't see myself. Uh, my character's name was changed to to something that, you know, would would uh, carry me through uh, the, the some of those uh, formative years of like nine through 12 uh, nickname that would, you know, carry with me uh, from the bullies. So, yeah, I was bummed back then. But still excited to have had the experience. Mm.
0: And but how do you feel now?
1: Just now,
0: watching this film, yeah, it's it's
1: special. And and uh, I again, I, I I love how people love or hate it. I mean, you got to be pretty passionate about something to hate it as much as some people do. So <laughs> even that makes it cool. It's fun, right? It's just it's fun and. There are so many different interpretations now of He-Man. It's one of so many, right? And and so back then, all we had was the toy line and filmation, right? And this was kind of the first big sort of departure from either of those things. Now, I mean, look at what we've got now. Take your pick. And it's just one of many really cool interpretations. Um, you've got to appreciate the set for what it is. It's gorgeous, right? There's so much about... You know, the, the the costumes that are really, you know, quite quite cool. Um and so yeah, and, and to 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 the fact that we're sitting here thirty five years later and we're talking about it, there aren't too many movies, right, that, that that's gonna happen for. So to be part of that and to see what it's what it's become today, even though at the time it was, you know, a failure, um, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing to be part of that. Yeah.
0: You know, about your name, Pig Boy, it, it always made sense in the aspect of, um, you know, Merman, Man, you know, and yeah. Man and, and Pig right. Boy. It's so Motu, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, back then um, for me... Um, I remember as a child just being so excited about this film's release. You know, I I love the vintage toys. I adored the filmation series. Yeah. Uh, excitedly um, went to the theater a couple of years earlier in 1985 to watch the theatrical release of um, He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Nice. Um, and I received this free, uh, comic book for attending, you know, oh, it was like, wow. yeah, it was like a miniature comic book and I was, yeah. was, it was so cool. And, um, but this, this was live action, you know, it was the meat and potatoes. It uh, the real deal, you know, this had the potential of being star Wars, our star no, Wars, yeah. you know, because just, just like the, um, Star Wars, uh, figures I discarded when Motu came out, uh, Luke Skywalker had nothing on He-Man, you know? (laughs) So I was just so excited that this, uh, movie was coming out. Um, and my mom took me and I just got back after the scene, the film. And I remember just being utterly, uh, disappointed. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Skeletor had eyes and look funny and like we mentioned before Castle Grayskull didn't look like Castle Grayskull and yeah. and um you know they didn't have that um you know they had the balance of the magic and technology but Castle Grayskull wasn't scary and where was Prince Adam and where was cringer and right Battlecat I wanted to see Battlecat you know yeah. just for an instance. Yeah and um you know even if they didn't ride them you know just paint they would do that back in the day they would paint these poor uh what movie did they paint someone uh beastmaster um a film starring mark singer back in the 80s they 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 painted a tiger black and it was his panther you know i don't think they would ever do that now even though i don't think it was toxic but i just you know but i guess at the time we could have had that green tiger you know with maybe um food coloring or something, whatever yeah, to make yeah. them green.
1: Right.
0: But, right. But uh no, but we didn't get that. And um you know, and it was like, who are these villains? You know, they should be merman, trap jaw and and whiplash. Um yeah. And, and why are we on boring earth? When we should <laughs> be on Eternia. And this is the way I came out. But you know, uh strange thing happened. Um Once I got older and I started really liking this movie and loathing turned into loving, Mm. you know, it turned into a complete love. And, and through the years I fell in love with this Shakespearean Skeletor, you know, that I want to recite his lines now, you know, And, um, and, this corny adventure on earth. I love, I love, I love them on these flying discs, you know, going through the city, you know, even though sometimes it looks so fake. and uh, It's so corny, but it, it warms my heart watching this film, you know, and it also reminds me of a more innocent time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and geez, isn't that the power of uh movies? So Absolutely. Yeah. So I just so I uh, love this film and uh and I'm happy it exists, you know. So yeah. hey hey, happy 35th anniversary, oh, Masters okay. of the Universe.
1: Cheers, <laughs> cheers. cheers. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: I cannot believe it's thirty-five years later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't get me depressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to say I wasn't born yet, but I was born. (laughs) So, um, so, so Rich, um, before we close this out, was there anything that I might've missed that you would like to add regarding just your experience or anything else that I didn't um, touch upon?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, It was nice to nice to chat, you know, about the about the film itself. Um, You know, I've spent some time talking about my experience, but haven't had a lot of opportunity to talk about how I feel about the film and the characters. And uh, so I appreciate you taking that taking that uh, kind of direction here and, and perspective with me. That was a lot of fun
0: um i'm glad you had a good time i had a great time with you um if you ever want to come back you have an open invitation to discuss other motu other than this film because you know this film back to front now (laughs) (laughs) it might be fun to talk about like revelation or you know or, or something else um but um yeah that's it rich um you've been awesome you're um been such a pleasure thank you for uh co-hosting the 35th uh 35th anniversary uh with us and um thank you all out there uh for joining us today um either on youtube amazon uh spotify or podbean if you enjoyed what you heard today please give us a like and subscribe and let us know in in the comments and um for all the latest news for masters of the universe, revelation, revolution and more, you just please visit us at forternia.com. So again, thank you Rich, you are completely awesome and uh thank, thank you. you. And thank you all for listening and uh let the power return and don't forget to say which you probably hear this all the time, but good journey everyone. good journey. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next time, guys.